Alrighty, hello everyone. Uh, welcome back to episode. Oh, is it episode seven? I think we're on seven now. Um, this episode's coming out a little late. Um, I was busy today, running around doing stuff, so I decided that I'll just release it late and not rush it. So this technically might be a day late for some people, but who cares? Uh, we have a fun one today. I want to do mid-season awards, and I also want to do um. Thursday game picks, talk about some stuff going on around the league, football, uh, baseball, basketball, stuff like that. So yeah, we have a good one. This one might be a little longer than the last two. Uh, I don't really have like a specific timestamp for any of them, just as long as they're like 30 to an hour, 30 minutes to an hour. Uh, that's kind of what I aim for. Uh, hopefully one day I can I can punch out some longer ones. I mean, not that people are going to listen to like a two-hour podcast, but who knows? Maybe I'll do like one really long one one day, like a bunch of stuff, like a recap. It'd be fun on New Year's or like the closest episode I have to to New Year's. I can do a year review in sports or something. That'd be fun. I'd enjoy that. Okay, so let's get into it. All right, the first thing I want to talk about, and I think most people have heard about it by now, is... uh. Henry Ruggs III, a wide receiver for the Raiders, was driving 156 miles per hour. Uh, and then he he got in a fatal car crash and killed a woman and her dog. Uh, the Raiders have since uh, released him, got him from the team. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's that one's just really bad. Obviously, he probably will never be able to play football again. And if he does, it won't be for a while. Um, right here on this, on this article from ESPN, he killed a 23 year old woman, uh, when they, when he made his court appearance, he was in a wheelchair with the foam brace on his neck and jail guards at his elbows. Yeah. Really unfortunate to see this stuff. Um, he rejected prosecutor Eric Bauman's request to set Ruggs' bail at $1 million and instead set the amount at $150,000, with strict conditions to include home confinement, electric monitor, monitoring, no alcohol, no driving, and the surrender of Ruggs' passport. Yeah, this is really, really, really unfortunate. It's also really unfortunate because... Uh, for those of you who don't know, Henry Ruggs, uh, he, every time he scores a touchdown, he celebrates his, not celebrates, but pays tribute to his friend who died in a car crash. He, like, points up or something. He does something to, like, commemorate his friend. And now he just took the life of someone doing the same thing that killed his friends. Kind of reckless and and upsetting but yeah this this was like the most shocking story all week and it just more keeps coming out as the as time goes by he yeah i don't know what much to say i mean it, it's just really unfortunate because he was a you know a good player he seemed like a good person well obviously now with this it, it, you know but sorry, I'm scrolling through this article to see if there's a little more. 
I hope the Raiders do something for the family of this fem- of this woman. If they can like give her money or, or her family money or like reach out, that'd be nice. But yeah, I just wanted to glance over that one. It, it's just an unfortunate one. A lot of crazy stuff happening in sports this year that's a little too uh, non-sport related. We had Deshaun Watson, Gruden, Ruggs. I feel like something else happened. Oh, the Sean Taylor, Jackson Mahomes thing. Just all really, really, really upsetting. But yeah, that's all I have for the Henry Ruggs thing. I don't want to talk too much about it. I don't, these, these serious topics I don't really like um, going into too much because that's not my, – my podcast isn't like supposed to be like really down or sad. But people have the right to know and people should know because it's important to sports. But yeah. Okay, next point I want to talk about is more genuinely sports-related. Odell Beckham Jr., he is still on the roster for for the Browns, but he was removed from practice the other day, and there's a video of his dad, like, bashing, I think, Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Bashing the fact that Baker Mayfield does not throw to Odell Beckham. This year, Odo Beckham has 17 receptions for 232 yards and zero touchdowns. Not really Odo Beckham-like as of, because last year, I mean, last year he didn't have much better, but he only played seven games. The last time he played 16 games was 2019. He had 1,000 yards receiving, four touchdowns, 74 receptions. Yeah, Cleveland has not been probably using him right, but it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, The Raiders and the Saints, I think, are the two teams that are uh, active on on picking him up because he can't be traded. The deadline passed, but he can be released. So, yeah, that will be interesting to watch. Honestly, this is more exciting than the trade deadline as in itself, which is what I was going to talk about next, is... The trade deadline this year was so bad. No no big moves. I mean, Odell Beckham, this coming out makes it a little more upsetting that they didn't trade him, at least for like a blockbuster trade. I mean, there were good trades prior to the deadline. Von Miller. Oh, who else? Is it really just Von Miller? No, there was someone else. Oh, Gilmore. Stefan Gilmore. Uh, Mark Ingram. Those three were pretty good. But other than that, there wasn't like like none of the trades I saw at the deadline seem like they're really going to help the team. It just kind of seems like like depth for each te- for all the teams, but there are a lot of teams that just didn't do anything that were just completely silent. But it's going to be interesting to see where Odell Beckham goes and what he's going to do. Obviously, I imagine any day now he'll be released by the Browns. I don't imagine they fix this problem. Beckham is a little stubborn. So I'm the Raiders would be interesting and I I think it makes sense since we just talked about rugs. Um it would make sense for Beckham to to go to the Raiders because he uh the, they're out of they're out of a receiver. They, they don't have rugs anymore. But it would also make sense for the Saints. There's a lot of teams I could think of that that need a receiver. Uh 
contending teams, though, who would need a receiver. You could do the Packers. Packers could get him. I don't know if they have the money, though. Packers could get him. Yeah, Raiders, uh, Patriots, Bills could get him. Saints is a good one. If the Panthers can fix their... Well, no. I don't think... Mm, Panther, Panthers could use him, I guess. Uh, yeah, those those are like the only few teams I could probably think of. I'm trying to think of like who is all... Ooh, the Ravens. That'd be fun. I think that's it. I think that's all the teams I could really think of that, that could use him that are like in cont- contention. Cowboys have a good receiving core. I like their core. Buccaneers have a good one. Um, if Wilson comes back, he could go to the... No, Steelers have a good core. I like the receiving core. Yeah, that, that's all. Oh, maybe the Colts. Could do the Colts. I mean... Pittman's good. T.Y. Hilton's a little old. Yeah, maybe the Colts too. I imagine he'll probably go to the Raiders or the or the Saints, like people are reporting. It makes sense, especially with the the Saints. I imagine the Saints are hard on him because they have they literally have like nobody. They have Camara, and that's pretty much it. Speaking of the Saints, um. Philip Rivers has announced. Well, apparently there was like reports that Rivers would come out of retirement for uh, to to play football, and he said that he would, if the Saints offered him anything, that he would uh, he would accept it. He would think about it, not accept it, but he would think about it. And I, I I'm interested to see if that goes anywhere to see Philip Rivers come back and play for the Saints because uh, Winston went down. Simeon did fine, but. Who knows? The Buccaneers' defense isn't as good as like their offense, so being really good against their defense doesn't say as much as uh, their uh, being good against their offense. But yeah, those are just a few headline stories I want to talk about. Uh, the deadline, Beckham, Rugs, Rivers, just that stuff. Uh, everything else I'll be talking about, we'll get a bigger segment. Uh, like the World Series, I'll talk about uh, that happened last night. Oh my gosh, that's my train of thought. What was we going to talk about in the NFL? Oh my gosh. Oh, Thursday night picks. There we go. Thursday night picks um, and the midseason awards. So, yeah, let's get into all that. Okay, uh, though I just talked about a bunch of football, I am going to go straight to the World Series because uh, the midseason awards might take a little longer than, than uh, this. We're just reviewing this World Series. Um, first off, I'm pretty sure in my first episode I did say that the Braves were going to win in six over the Astros, and they won in six over the Astros. It was a pretty good World Series. Um, Jorge Soler won the World Series MVP, which I did not predict. I said Jock Peterson, but it was an outfielder, so close enough. Uh, the Braves just really looked like the better team through throughout the whole the whole series. I mean, their offense was really good. Their their pitchers when they needed them were really 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 good. Uh, 
the players that you didn't expect to do good for the Braves did good, and the players that you expected to do good still played well. Freddie Freeman played good. Swanson played good. So I mean, not Solaire, uh, but Solaire played ridiculously good. Uh, Rosario played good. Who's your center fielder? It's Jock Rosario. Oh yeah, I think that is your center fielder. Oh no, yeah, Rosario. And then Duval played good. They were just really, really good. And their pitching, their bullpen was like lights out. So good. They never really got shelled either a, a specific game. They only got shelled in game five when they went up like five to four to nothing. And then the Astros scored like nine, which was expected for the Astros to have one game where they scored a lot. That's what the Astros do. They score a lot of runs. But yeah, the Astros were just all around better. I mean, the, the Astros, the Braves are just all around better. I'm trying to get like a recap of like each game. But it's not really telling me. It just felt like it felt like the Braves year heading into it. Like they were just so fun and like the underdog. And everyone was kind of rooting for them. No one really wanted the Astros to win. And they won game one. I think they lost game two. They won game three and four. They won five. And then I mean, they lost five and then they won six. It was just awesome to see Freeman get one. Freeman won his first World Series. That, that was awesome. Uh, Rosario Soler won another one since uh, 2016 with the Cubs. Uh, what else? What else? Who else is on this team? Duvall got to win one back with the Rays, which was cool because he left the Braves for the Miami. Then Miami traded him back to the Rays, and then he won it. Yeah, it was just all really cool. And just kind of like... Obviously, you see a series go six, right? And you're like, well, it had to be like pretty close. But it's, it definitely seemed like the Braves were going to win once they once they won two. Their losses weren't like dramatic enough and like brutal enough. Like when the Astros lost, they really looked rough. They really didn't look good. But when, when the Braves lost, it was like, okay, just a bad game. They'll bounce right back. The Braves were just really, 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 really good. Look at here. I'll just look up individual games. Game one, the Braves won six to two. This is the game where Charlie Moore and I talked about this one fractured his fibula and then pitched an inning and then got taken out. And this is like the only time where I was panicked because like they played really good, but then Charlie Moore fractured his fibula and I knew that it would have an effect on game five, which it ended up it did because they couldn't pitch Morton, and then that's the game they got shelled. Uh, but my panic at that point was, uh, it did not need to be that bad because it didn't play as big of an effect as I thought. Um, so yeah, game one, the Braves won six to two. Then Wednesday, game two, the Astros won seven to two. See, when the Astros won, they scored a lot. Seven and then nine. But yeah, they won seven to two. And then game three. The Braves shut out the Astros, which was crazy, and won two to nothing. I clicked on it. Let me give it a second to load. Yeah, the Braves got, got their first run. I think this was their bullpen game too. They they like used a bunch of bullpen arms. Box score. Yeah, Andrew. Oh no, Anderson went five this game. 
Minter uh, pitched for an inning. Luke Jackson pitched for an inning. Matt Sick pitched for one. Will Smith pitched for one. And then he got the save. And yeah, Anderson got the win. They were just really good. This game, there was an RBI from two from Darnell. No. Oh, and the... What is it? Okay. Uh, Darnell, Darnell, right? Uh, he got an RBI. Austin Riley got an RBI. Austin Riley was also really good. I don't think enough people are talking about him throughout the whole postseason. He was he was really good. Anyway, game four, the Braves won three to two over the Astros. Will Smith got another save. Matt Sick, what got the win? This was the bullpen game. Yeah, for the Braves, Lee went point one, one thirds inning, gave up a run. Then they went to right for. For four and two thirds inning, he gave up one run. Then Martin went in, no runs. Matzik, no runs. Luke Jackson, none. Will Smith got the save, and they won three to two. They were actually trailing two to nothing, then two to one, then they won three to two. Yeah, and like the stat, I, when I get to the last game, they'll show me like the overall stats for the Astros, but their stat line was not very good. They really struggled. Uh, game. Yeah, game, game five, sorry. Um, Astros, I mean, Braves went up 4 nothing. Then that, in the first, the second inning, the Astros got two. So it was 4-2. to two. Then the Astros tied it 4-4 four to four in the third. And then the bottom of the third, the Astros made it 5-4. And then they never scored again. And then the Astros put up four more runs. I mean, five more runs, sorry. And then one nine to 5 This is the game where that... Uh, Oh my gosh, blanking on his name. Oh, Morton. Morton was supposed to pitch, but T. Davidson pitched. Is it Tyler Davidson? Tucker Davidson. He pitched. He gave up two earned through two innings. And Minter actually gave up three earned. So yeah, that was like the Astros' best game. But even then, Altuve went one for five. Brantley 0 for three. Correa had a really good series. Alvarez went over five, who is which they needed because Alvarez is what won them in the series against the White Sox. Uh, Bregman went one for four. Maldonado one for three, but Maldonado's never really been a good hitter. Just a really good catcher. And then game six, the Braves won seven nothing. And this is like, so Altuve batted 222 throughout the whole World Series, and Bregman batted 0.095. That is crazy. If those two were playing like normal, like how they normally play, it would have been a whole different series. And then Alvarez batted 100. Or is this just for this game? No, I don't think it's just for this game. Even though Alvarez's stats... Yeah, no, that's for the series. Fried went six innings for the Braves. Matzik went two. Smith went one. Got the save. And then, yeah, Solaire hit a moonshot. and went out of the stadium. He was so fun to watch this series. He crushed it with the Royals last year. I believe he had, like, he might have been the home run leader last year. Let me look it up. Home run leader 2020. I want to say it was Jorge Soler, which would be kind of crazy because then Salvador uh, Perez 
would be the he's the home run leader this year and he is also a royal which means the royals keep getting it says al was luke voigt was he the 2019 home run leader oh pete alonso i could have sworn jorge let me see i thought he had like a crazy good year Okay, here we go. In 2020. Oh, no, he only had eight. Okay, yeah, 2019, he had 48. That was it. He had 48 in 2019. Last baseball season didn't even feel like it happened. Um, That was it. In 20, 2019, he had 48, but that wasn't – Alonso still had the most, so he wasn't the home run leader. But still, he mashes, and he mashed in the World Series, and that's partially why the Braves won. He gave them a lot of runs. Can I click on him? Yes, I can. He in the World Series. Here, last seven games, he had eight RBI. That is insane. But yeah, congrats to the Braves. Uh, super fun World Series, much better than some of the ones we've had recently. I don't know, maybe it's because I like wasn't all aboard for the Rays and the Dodgers. And then... I mean, when the Nationals won, that was fun because they were they were underdogs. What was it? Oh, the Red Sox. Yeah, the Red Sox one didn't really get me going. Just not many, in my opinion, like great World Series. I thought this one was not obviously not great, but it was good. I enjoyed it. I found myself like watching it, like sitting down and watching it more than the last few. I didn't really watch the Rays and the Dodgers just because it felt like the Dodgers were going to win last year. Like Sometimes you can just tell what team's going to win. Granted, I thought the Braves were going to win, but I don't know. It was just a, it was a good series. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I had fun. Uh, the MLB offseason's already started. Tucker Barnhart got signed by the Detroit Tigers. So that's going to be fun, too. I think the offseason's going to be really fun this year. I talked about it in my first episode, but there's just a lot of a lot of good players on the market, and it's going to be fun to see what teams like completely overhaul or like get just enough pieces to be a contender, considered a contender. Oh yeah, I forgot too. Uh, Buster Posey. Uh, speaking of offseason, Buster Posey's supposed to be retiring tomorrow, which is crazy because he just came off a really good year. You usually think these people would retire after like a really bad year, especially how close the Giants were to uh, winning the World Series or at least making it. But no, he's calling it quits apparently tomorrow. I don't know if it's true, but there's a lot of reports saying it, and a lot of people are believing it. So, Giants fans, I'm sorry. Watch out tomorrow. He might be gone, which is crazy. Baseball without Buster Posey. He's been here for a while. So, it's going to be crazy to see. Offseason is going to be fun. Can't wait for more baseball next year. Spring training can't come soon enough. And opening day. But, yeah, that's all for I have for baseball, and that's all I have for baseball for a while, probably, until... A lot of off-season signings start happening. But yeah, no game updates or anything. I just started this and baseball's already over. But it'll be nice to start from the beginning. I feel like it's hard to start when it's so late. And I don't want to like talk about like old stats compared to new. When I've only been like... I started during, I think, the, the championship series. So yeah, starting from the beginning will we'll be good. We'll be good. And I'll be able to track like the... 
the division races and the the award winners and the all star race and stuff. So I'm excited. It's like a hundred and something days away, but I'm I'm ready for more baseball. But yeah, we're gonna move on to uh, mid season awards in football, and then we'll go from there. All right, some mid season awards now. Um, so I'm gonna try to rank the. I want to do MVP last for sure because. I don't want to give that one away, so that's like the big one, right? So let me. I'm going up like a like a. Like a last year type thing where like, to see the categories that people were talking about. I have some of my own, but just to keep, I guess I'll start with rookie of the years, or I'll start with comeback player of the year, and I think everyone kind of knows who this will be. Uh, comeback player of the year is definitely Dak Prescott. He had a brutal injury last year. Um. He snapped his like foot really bad. It was like sideways. And everyone kind of thought no one really knew. He I don't I don't think he had a contract when that or he like just got paid. Or he might have not got paid yet. But then he he has his money now. People didn't know what was gonna happen with him. He has come back and ever since this year he has thrown uh one thousand eight hundred and thirteen passing yards. He's hurt now, so like his stats aren't like ahead of the ball as they were, and then 16 passing touchdowns. But the most impressive thing is he led the Cowboys to five and one this year, and their one loss is against the Buccaneers. So, like, that's a pretty good team to lose to. Um, he, I say five and one because Cooper Rush won them their last game over the Vikings to make them six and one. But like here against New England, 35 29 overtime, he threw for 445 yards. With three touchdowns against the Giants, he threw for over 300, uh, three touchdowns. The Panthers, he only threw for 188 yards, but he threw four touchdowns. These are just like really impressive stats, considering how bad his injury was last year. He was, not, not that this matters, but he is limited again in practice. So I don't know if he'll play again, which could, I don't think really whatever happens, I don't think it will hurt his his ability to win that award, him playing one game and winning is enough. Kind of like what they did with Alex Smith. Alex Smith literally could have played like a snap and would have won comeback player of the year with how brutal that injury was. And I feel the same way towards Dak. Like no matter what, if he came back, he was going to win. Even if the Cowboys went 0-16. Just like seeing that is crazy that he came back and, and was able to win. Um, next award I want to do is uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year. So this one's pretty close. I have like, I have a few in mind. I think the obvious one who I'm gonna I'm gonna pick to be the Offensive Rookie of the Year is uh, Jamar Chase. He has been ridiculously good for the Bengals. He came into the year with like really really bad reviews. Like I, like people were hating on him because. He kept dropping passes in preseason, and everyone was like, oh, he can't catch. And now he's literally catching everything. I mean, not everything. He's had a few uh, a few drops, but not, like, crucial and big moments. When he needs to catch him, he's catching them, and that's all that matters. Uh, Jamar Chase threw – why Why would it – I want – oh, there it is. <laughs> that's why. Through eight weeks, he has – 
38 receptions, 786 yards, 7 touchdowns, and his longest catch is 82 yards. Not that that matters, but that's a pretty good year. I like it. And the Bengals are one of the best teams in the AFC. Him and Burrow have that LSU connection. So, yeah, he's playing like a stud. He didn't have to build any chemistry with his quarterback because he already had it. He is probably the favorite to win rookie of the year. Uh, But I want to talk about these two players because they're my runner-ups and they're pretty, pretty close. I would say, I wouldn't say, I would say Jamar Chase has a favorable lead, but if he fell off and any of these two players played really good, then I would, I would, I wouldn't be shocked if they won it over him. So obviously I have to name a quarterback because there's a quarterback bias in the NFL for rookie of the years. I am one who believed that Justin Jefferson should have won a rookie of the year. Oh, who who beat Justin Jefferson? Oh, Justin Herbert. Herbert beat Justin Jefferson. Uh, I thought Jefferson should have won last year over Herbert. But anyway, like I said, QB bias. But um, the next player I'm going to list for probably my second place right now is Mac Jones, for the quarterback for the Patriots. He, against the Chargers, really struggled. He could not throw a complete pass for the life of him. But he... He's well, first of the Patriots are four and four, but they could easily be like six and two. They lost by they lost in overtime to the Cowboys. He threw for 229, two touchdowns. He stomped the Jets, he threw for 307 yards and two touchdowns. He beat Houston. Uh, he didn't play too well. He he's accurate, which is what I think is so impressive with him because like his yards aren't crazy 231 yards, but a touchdown. Uh, Buccaneers, he threw for 275. He actually outplayed Brady against the Buccaneers. Uh, and he scored 270. I mean, he threw for 275 and two touchdowns. He He's just looking really good. He's, he's not making too many like dumb mistakes. His turnovers aren't costly. He's accurate with the ball. His worst game, he had 51.4 completion percentage, I believe. That was his worst. Let me look. Yeah, 51.4 was his worst, and 77.5 was his best, and 77.5 was against the Buccaneers. He's just playing good, and he's he's playing safe. He's the eighth in passing yards in football, uh, 21st in touchdowns with only nine, and he has six interceptions. But yeah, I like him as my second, as my runner-up. And then third place, could kind of go to anyone, but... I doubted this guy coming in, and he's actually playing really good if you look at the stats. Uh, Najee Harris for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm a big fan of him. He's playing really, really, really well. He has 479 yards rushing, three touchdowns, uh, 37 receptions, and 273 yards receiving, and two receiving touchdowns. He's just been pretty good. Like He's he's been better than... um, Who went to the Jags? Who was the running back who went to the Jags? I like Chippewa Hubbard too. Forgetting who the Jaguars picked up. Oh, ETN. It's been better than ETN and Hubbard. He's just been the probably like the most consistent, I feel like. I feel like every game is kind of just like mediocre to good for him. He's just a solid running back. He's not doing anything crazy, but he's not doing anything horrible. He's doing just enough to stand out, and I like him. I like him a lot uh, for the Steelers, and I think he he's only going to get better. He's projected to finish with over a thousand yards rushing, uh, seven touchdowns, and then six hundred and twenty-four yards receiving. 
And I mean, if he stays healthy, that's better than a lot of running backs, you know, like McCaffrey, Henry, uh, Barkley, a lot of running backs getting hurt. So being a healthy running back is puts you above the rest, especially if you're a rookie. So yeah, he's my favorite to win offense. I mean, my third place to win offensive rookie of the year, but my bet is still on Jamar Chase. Um, Defensive rookie of the year. Excuse me. I'll be honest. There's only like two people I've been watching for this award. Oh, wait, I'm lying. Three. I really like uh, Micah Parsons to win it. He's probably my favorite and correct. Like there could be someone else playing way better. I haven't really been watching the defensive rookies, but Parsons has been so good this year. Um, I get everyone's on the Trayvon Diggs hype train, and he's probably up there in my top three. But Trayvon Diggs low-key isn't that good, and that might be a hot take, but he gets a lot of interceptions, but he gets burnt off the line a lot. And I get interceptions are good, but like an example is the Patriots game. He got a pick six. Sure, it was cool, good moment. It probably helped them win that game. But then the next play he got, I mean, the safety had a terrible play on that uh route on the ball but still he he got burnt by Kendrick Bourne and then the Patriots took the lead right back but Micah Parsons he's just a solid linebacker I like him he has two pass deflections uh, 42 combined tackles 30 solo 12 assists 7 tackle for loss 11 quarterback hits or hits on the quarterback I should say and two and a half sacks I just, I don't know. I'm a big Micah Parsons fan. Uh, He's just stuck out to me. Uh, Also on Hard Knocks, I really like him. So there's kind of a bias to that because he's really funny. Uh, But let me pull Trayvon Diggs' stats because he's having a good year. I just don't think he's as good as Micah Parsons. He is... He's played 12. Wait. Wait, is Mike is Trayvon Diggs not a rookie? Whoa. Trayvon Diggs is not a rookie. Why did I think Trayvon Diggs was a rookie? Oh no. He, there's no way he'd be a rookie. <laughs> he was drafted last year. Yeah, sorry. I've been thinking Trayvon Diggs is a rookie this whole time. So he can't be my rookie of the year because he's not a rookie. I, I don't know why I thought he was a rookie. I could have sworn. But that would make sense because there's no way they got Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs in the same draft. Okay, sorry for that. Anyway, uh, my other pick for defensive rookie of the year is Asante Samuel. Uh, he was really good at the beginning. I don't know how he's done since then. I haven't really been checking. Uh, I'm going to look because I'm a big Asante Samuel fan. Asante Samuel Jr. stats. 23 tackles, 5 passes defended. Uh, 18 of those tackles are solo. He has 2 interceptions. Yeah, that's pretty much it. 2 interceptions for 26 yards. He's just good. I like him. He's a solid uh, corner. I want. I wish you would tell me how many yards he's given up. It's not telling me how many yards he's given up, or how many times he's been targeted. 
Yeah. I don't know. I just like, I like Asante Samuel Jr. I'm not really too sure who like the big, I mean, Christian Barmore on the Patriots, like he was supposed to be good. He's all right. He's like a mediocre rookie right now. No one really stands up in my eyes to Micah Parsons. That's my, that's my definitive pick. Probably. I really like Parsons to win it. Yeah. Parsons is my pick. So I have offensive rookie of the year, Jamar Chase, defensive rookie of the year. Micah Parsons, um, and then comeback player of the year, Dak Prescott, uh, coach of the year. Ooh, who is my coach of the year? I think you could, um, could say Kingsbury. Could say McVeigh. Could honestly, you want to know who people could say, and they probably won't. You could say Sean Payton because he has one of the like weirdest teams that is playing really well. I'm trying to think who else right now is playing really. You could say McCarthy because the Cowboys are playing so good. I'm I, I'm going to pick Sean Payton just because right now the Saints are playing way better than they should be. Like they are really playing well. The Cowboys roster has always been good. They've just been really bad for some odd reason. But I'll say my top three will probably be Payton one. I'll say McCarthy two, and then Kingsbury three. Well, those are all NFC, huh? I'll say Zach Taylor instead of um instead of Kingsbury. I'll I'll do I'll do Zach Taylor, the coach for the Bengals, because the Bengals are also playing way better than they should be. No one really thought that they're going to be this good. So I would say my two favorites actually are Zach Taylor or Sean Payton. I know Sean Payton's a good coach and everyone knows that, but he's playing way better than his team. His team should be playing. He's he's they're doing something right over there in New Orleans, and uh, they're definitely like my shocker team right now. So yeah, that's my coach of the year. Defensive player of the year. Hmm. Who is my defensive player of the year? I mean, the safe pick, right, is to pick uh, Aaron Donald. Standouts, I'm, I'm really blanking. Uh, probably nobody on... Nobody on the Buccaneers or, like... The Buccaneers have a good defense, but they're like I would love to say Devin White, probably like my favorite linebacker in the league. But they're not playing too hot right now. Nobody on like the Seahawks. Nobody on. Hmm. I don't know. Nobody on the Titans. Sorry, there's people on here that I'm looking at. I'm just saying, like, no way. Probably not the Bears either. Nobody on the Packers. Man, I do not know. Actually, I do know. I do. I'm saying TJ Watt. TJ Watt's probably my pick. He really, if you watch him, he changes games by himself. He does all of it by himself. He's like a one-man defense. 
You need like three fumbles in a game. Just tell him to get you three fumbles. He'll get you three fumbles. He is so elite. He is so good. He is like, if he keeps playing at the rate he's playing, he might be better than his brother one day. He is so good. My defensive player, the defensive player of the year pick for sure. It's probably not close right now. If someone could like comment and let me know, like I know there's good teams, like the Steelers aren't the greatest team, but he makes them better than they are, and they probably wouldn't be in the spot they are without him. Like I could pick someone on like the Cardinals, the Bucks, the Packers, but probably not because their defenses aren't like elite. Um, I do have a second though. Actually, he came to my head, and I've been praising him all year. Demario Davis has to be up there in contention. Um, that for this defense player of the year, I don't think he'll win it. I think TJ Watt should win it, but my midseason award goes to TJ Watt with Demario Davis close beyond. Moving on. Offensive player of the year. I would love to say Derrick Henry if he didn't get hurt. I don't want to say Dak because he missed a week. Brady had an off week. Uh, Kyler Murray had an off week. Hmm. Who is the offensive player of the year? Eric Carr is probably not my offensive player of the year. I mean, if we're only doing through half, the halfway point, I am just going to say it just because I want to. Because he only missed one week and his stats since have been elite. I'm going to say Derrick Henry wins the midseason. Uh, Offensive player of the year. Uh, I think, obviously, he's out for the year. So, he won't win it at the end of the year. But for the halfway season, mid-season award, I think I'm going to give it to him. Because if he kept playing all year, he definitely would have won it, probably. Uh, he could have been even up for MVP. And I think he is so elite. He has done stuff that players don't do in the NFL, especially running backs. He takes hits. Granted, that's part of the reason he's hurt because he's so big and people hit him really, really hard. But yeah, he's my offensive player of the uh, player of the year pick because he just he's just so good and he's so fun to watch. He's literally not normal. He's like the most non-normal player in the NFL. He's like six foot five, 200 and something pounds runs really fast. Yeah. He's a monster. I love him. He's my mid season offensive player of the year. Now my MVP for mid season. So like part of me wants to say Brady because his stats are the best right now, but he had a bad week. So right now for me personally, it's between Brady Stafford and Murray. And I'm going to go. Hmm. I'm thinking. Brady's stats say that he should probably be the MVP. 25 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. Uh, Where's his yards? Oh, my God. Hello? Oh, 2,650. Uh, 0.673 completion percentage, 108.6 passer rating, 
but I'm not going to do Brady. I think with Brady is that like he's MVP every year, right? He's always so elite, and I'm not going to give him the award because watch, he's going to win the Super Bowl, and that's going to be his award. Um, I'm going to do Matthew Stafford. He did have a bad week against the Cardinals, but his stats are just barely trailing Brady. He has a better completion percentage, only three less touchdowns, one less interception. A better QB rating, but QB rating really doesn't mean much because, like, Brady, Brady's rating could be high, but I remember week one he threw up a, a Hail Mary pick, and they, like, shot his rating down because of it because he had two interceptions. Kind of stupid. But, yeah, anyway, I, I think Stafford is my midseason MVP just because, like, I always expect Tom Brady to play well. I always expect, like, Patrick Mahomes. Well, Patrick Mahomes isn't playing well, so he's not even, like, near my contention for. But, like, you know, those players are expected to play well. Matthew Stafford I knew was going to do better with the Rams, but I didn't think he was going to be this, this like, this good. He's really, 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 really good right now. Uh, and I think the, the Rams are, are just really good, and I think he makes them better. So he's my MVP. He's probably the most valuable player in football right now. And I think Brady is very close. I think at the end of the year through 16, it could go to Brady because Brady is just so elite, but everyone knows Brady's elite. So I'll change it up and not pick Brady. So yeah, my, my through eight weeks, my MVP is Matthew Stafford. He fell off. I, I didn't pick him for a while. I went, I went to Brady for a while, but then after, after last week, a lot of good quarterbacks um, suffered, did really bad. So then, and Stafford has since rose up his stock. So, yeah, I like Stafford for the MVP through eight weeks. Now, I want to do team awards. I want to do most surprising, most disappointing, and then my NFC favorite, AFC favorite, and Super Bowl champion through eight weeks. Uh, my I'll do most disappointing first. Uh, my most disappointing team... Um, look at the NFL standings because there's a lot. Personally, I want to put the Panthers, but that was just me riding them really hard through the offseason. And I don't think they actually are the most disappointing. Uh I I wanna I also want to see like the Seahawks, right? But the Seahawks are only bad because they don't have Russell Wilson. I think they could win, they could have had a better record. The Chiefs are four and four. That's disappointing, but that's not like they're four and four. They're still five hundred. I'm not gonna, and they can turn their season around. I'm not going to, to, pick the pick the Chiefs. I'm actually gonna pick a team that a lot of people thought was gonna be good. I was kind of iffy on it, but after week one, I kind of like was like, okay, maybe people are right, and they did have a good year last year, so it makes sense why people bit on it. I'm gonna say the Miami Dolphins. They're one and seven. They look atrocious. They're one of the. They're literally the thirty-first worst team in the NFL. They just aren't really good this year, which is weird because last year they were really good. Uh, Brian Flores kind of doesn't look the same. He kind of looks lost right now, which is unfortunate because I like Brian Flores. But yeah, they just Devontae Parker doesn't look good. Waddle looks good. He does look good. Uh, Tua is looking rough, and I was one of the people who thought people were hating on him too harshly. Their running backs don't look too good. Their best player is their tight end. Uh, what's his name? I don't know. I, I don't remember his name. Dolphins. 
Mike Gesecki. I like him. He's probably their best player on offense. Xavier Howard's still good. Their defense sucks though now. Just kind of a mess. They're like the messiest team. The weirdest team. They really hit the ground hard. Uh, after last year, they they really they really fell on their face. They literally have like no chance to make the playoffs. And last year they they almost made it in. So unfortunate for them, but who knows? Who knows what will happen with them? Maybe next year they'll be better. I, I don't really know. But they're definitely my most disappointing team. Just because everyone kind of expected it. Expecting them to be good. My most surprising. Ooh. It's got to be... Got to be the Cowboys. I wanted to say the Cardinals. But the Cardinals roster, like, was... First off, they were, they were good last year. They were decent last year. They barely missed the playoffs. And they... They, they, their moves they made in the offseason made people made, it made people believe that they were going to be better this year. The Cowboys, like they've always had this ro- a roster similar to what they have this year, and they've always just been bad. And people, uh, people have always like said every year they're going to be good, but it kind of felt felt like a joke. And even I was like, okay, the Cowboys are going to be like hyped up. They're going to suck. The normal NFC uh, East is going to suck again. But no, the Cowboys are a really a really awesome surprise. Cooper Rush. Uh, won them a game too, so that's impressive. That they don't need Prescott, they can win without Prescott. Um, my second place definitely is the Raiders, and then probably third is probably the Bengals or the Saints. Probably the Bengals, but yeah, I I think Cowboys are my are my surprise team of the year so far, uh, through eight weeks. But a lot can change. And then my favorites to win the AFC. the Buffalo Bills. I think the Bills are going to win the AFC. I think their two losses are bad. They lost to the Titans, but without Henry, the Titans are going to hurt. Uh, the Bills will definitely be able to beat the Titans next time they play because uh, I think they'll meet each other in the playoffs. The Bills are just so elite. Their offense is so good. They literally only need two receivers. It's either the Cole Beasley and Stefan Diggs show or the Stefan Diggs and Emmanuel Sanders show. Their running back is their running back core solid with Zach Moss and uh uh it's Montgomery, right? I think it's Montgomery. Um they the AFC isn't too competitive with them. I mean, the closest team is the Patriots, and they're two games back, so the Patriots would have to beat the Bills both times they play them, and I don't think that's gonna happen. Uh yeah, I just think the Bills are are the AFC favorites for sure. I think they can beat the Ravens, they can beat the Titans. They're just they're just a defensive powerhouse, and they are such they are really good on offense. And offense wins games, but defense wins championships. So I think the Bills win the AFC uh, and the NFC. I'm giving easily to the Rams. The Rams just got Von Miller. Their defense is better. Their offense is ridiculously good. They're a better version of the Bills, in my opinion. Their offense is is really really good with more weapons than the Bills, and their defense is has also has more weapons than the Bills. So I'm going to say the Rams take the NFC for a Bills-Rams Super Bowl. And if I'm going to pick through eight weeks who's going to win the Super Bowl, I'm giving it to the Rams. The Rams are my favorite for the Super Bowl. 
I think it would be a good Super Bowl if it was the Bills and Rams. But I just don't see anyone beating the Rams anymore after they got Von Miller. Sure, they lost to Sean uh, Jackson, but Van Jefferson is also a good receiver. I like him. So, yeah, I'm picking the Rams to win the Super Bowl. Super Bowl MVP, Matthew Stafford. And that that's it. That, that That's my week eight picks. And I, I have to kind of wrap this up because it's almost to 30 minutes and then it will cut off and I don't want to get cut off. But, yeah, those are my picks. I hope it's not too controversial. I hope people like them. I hope they make sense. Um, yeah, those, those are my picks. Sorry also for saying Trayvon Diggs was a rookie. I don't know why I thought that because he's definitely a sophomore in the NFL. Um, but yeah, those are my picks. We're going to move on to the Thursday night football game picks, and then that should do it for today's episode. So yeah, well, I'll be right back. All right. Okay, so Thursday night game picks right now. Uh we literally just came off the best Thursday night game probably of the year. And not only that, we also will probably, we have not been getting good primetime games. Chiefs and the Giants was not very good. And yeah, I I didn't talk about Chiefs and Giants yet, huh? Shoot. I need to talk about that, huh? Yeah, I'm not talking about that game. Um, well, I'll have to talk about that game too, because it wasn't very good. But, um, okay, sorry. Anyway, there's a game picks, and I'll also throw in some Giants Chiefs in here. Actually, I might have someone come on the podcast on Friday. And if so, I'll wait till that episode. I'm going to confirm it right now, if, if this person's coming. If so, then I'll talk about the Chiefs and the Giants on Friday. If not, then I'll make a short episode tomorrow, a Thursday night like short episode just talking about it it'll be like 15 minutes long um but yeah so i'll let you guys know i'll keep you posted follow my socials if you aren't uh let's talk gaming i mean gaming let's talk sports 2021 uh on instagram and let's talk sport with no s and let's talk sport 13 on twitter uh but yeah uh it's jets and colts so no way it's competing with uh, Packers Cardinals because the playoff implications are not the same. Uh, sorry, I'm messaging someone real quick. Anyway, uh, I think Mike White is the GOAT and he's definitely going to throw for a million yards, but I think the Colts are going to win. I think the Colts defense is pretty good. They've been playing pretty good. Their record doesn't show it. They've been they've had a hard schedule. They've been playing good teams. That's why they've been losing, but I think I think it's a good game. I think Mike White definitely plays good again, but I think the defense kind of stops him from playing as good as he did against the Bengals. So I think I think the Colts win 28 to 20. 28 to 20 Colts win. I think it's I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be I don't, I don't think it's going to be as bad as people think. I think the Jets are going to be playing better coming off the Mike White clutch victory, but I think uh, I think for sure they'll um, they'll keep it close at least. Both teams are. I mean, the the Colts are going to play really hard because they're not too far out of the playoffs. They lost last week to the Titans, so they really have to keep winning to stay in. But yeah, man, I don't know. I just I don't think the Jets can do it again. I think the Jets are better now that they have Mike White and they found a quarterback that is doing some magical stuff. 
but it only was one week. So if Mike White flops, first off, that'd be upsetting. Second off, uh, it wouldn't be surprising though. But I'm ex- I'm excited Thursday night. If it's anything like last week's Thursday night game, I think we're in for a real treat. It'll be a lot of fun. More any any football's fun. Football this year has been so crazy, so much fun. Um, but yeah, I have the Colts winning twenty-eight to twenty. And yeah, that, that's all I really have to say about it. I think Carson Wentz is gonna have a good game. Michael Pittman has been so elite, so so elite. If you want to watch a, a highlight to see how good he is, if you haven't been watching him, look up Michael Pittman Moss's 49ers defender, and then you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. He is so so good. He's such a big body and he has such great hands. He's just so elite. He's so good. Definitely an underrated receiver. One of my favorites in the NFL right now. But yeah, uh, Colts win over the Jets. Move to, I believe they'd be four and five, right? Colts would be, yep, four and five. Uh, and they get closer to the playoff picture. No teams are out yet. There's a lot of teams hovering around 500 in the seventh seed. Also, in my last podcast, I said that there was eight seeds in the playoffs. I listed eight teams. There's only seven. That's my bad. So, yeah, a lot of teams hovering around that seven seed that are 500. So the Colts are very much still in it. Carson Wentz looks good this year. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack, I like them both. They look good. Naheem Hines. Oh, they don't have – do they have Marlon Mack still? Is he hurt? Yeah, he's still there. Okay, so yeah, I like the running back core. Uh, the receivers are pretty average. Their defense is good. I like uh, Darius Leonard. So I think it's going to be a fun game. be a good game, better than people think. Uh, definitely tune in if if you are, are looking for a good game because I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's it for this segment. I'm going to bring you to the outro, and then we'll wrap it up, and I'll tell you a little bit more about uh, Friday's episode. Alrighty, some few updates before I send you out. Um, I just got a notification from the person coming on my podcast Friday. Uh, he'll be here to talk sports with me. Uh, so I'm going to hold off uh, Chiefs and Giants because the game wasn't that great. But I do want to talk about more than just the game. I want to talk about the Chiefs in particular. A lot of uh, light is on them right now. No one really knows what their future holds. Um So yeah, I'm going to hold that one off. Uh, it'll be less more about the game and more about uh, the Chiefs as a whole, but we'll talk about the game. We're also probably going to do either a uh, tier list for the teams, what we think, and kind of like bicker back and forth. And then maybe, yeah, maybe we'll just do some tier lists. Uh, it'll be more like lighthearted fun. We'll do our game picks. I'll kind of clash my record with his. So yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Um, this episode was long. Uh, I kind of wanted to make it long for you guys because it came out so late. I kind of like the longer episodes uh, to talk more because a lot happens. And usually when the episode's like 30 minutes, it's not because I, I want it to be 30 minutes, but it's because I'm not too sure what is worthy to talk about because so much is happening and I only really start talking about the big things. But this kind of felt like I could talk about multiple big stories, some side stories, pick up some NFL headlines like the midseason awards and the Thursday night game. Um, hockey is still kind of spiraling out of control with me. I don't really keep up with hockey as well as I do baseball, basketball, and football. So I'm trying to like, I'm trying to get into that. Um, it's just hard because there's a lot going on in hockey outside of hockey with the Blackhawk stuff and just, you know, new expansion team, the Kraken, and just a lot of weird headlines in hockey right now. 
And then basketball just started, so not much crazy stuff is happening other than like a few really, really, really hot teams and then the 75th anniversary jerseys. Um, those are what have caught my eye. But uh, I, I definitely want to start talking about the Lakers a little bit because they are struggling. Uh, my Bulls, I want to talk about my Bulls because they are so elite. It's not even funny. Just kidding. Uh, but they are good. Uh, so yeah, I just, I uh, there's a lot going on and I'm trying to keep up with all of it and bring you some good stories and headlines to talk about. I appreciate people tuning in every episode and listening uh, all the way through or even just like a second of it. It means a lot. Uh, I'm actually currently working on a web page for this uh, podcast and there is going to be a link where you can uh, email me or message me so that if you want to join the podcast or uh, come on, you can message me and I'll, I'll see if I can bring you on for an episode and talk to you and maybe spark up a conversation. Um, and then also just how to get to my other uh, stuff because I plan on branching out. I want to do a YouTube channel where I can clip. Uh, I want to put a camera in my room and uh, have it record me while I talk and then clip certain segments and you can see me talking and then displaying what I'm doing uh, if I ever do like a tier list and then you can watch it and see it live in that moment. Uh, and then I, I, I want to kind of branch out. I would love to do like sports gaming stuff, like videos where I play like like Madden, and uh, NBA 2K, uh, MLB. I play all those anyway on the regular when in my free time I'm mostly playing Madden or MLB or 2K. Uh, and I think that'd be fun to like make a, a franchise and kind of build my own team and you guys could watch it and, and see what I would do in certain scenarios in certain situ- uh, situations and see like how sure I talk about these. Uh, I talk about these coaches like uh, I could do their job, but I know, in fact, I couldn't. So, yeah, I'm just here to talk sports and criticize and compliment and really break down some news. And I'm having a lot of fun doing it. This has been so much fun. I've never been this passionate and this uh, committed to something. Uh, I know I'm only six episodes in, but I definitely think I'm doing an entire season one, and then I'll see if I'll renew my own show for free. So, yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I'm Jimmy Morell. Uh, I'll see you Friday with a special guest. Uh, check my uh, social medias to see who it is. Um, remember, keep talking sports, and I'll see you next time.